and welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. So we're in our, in our second week of our series on um, legacy. So last week, Pastor Dan would have shared, uh, did share, sorry, um, just about, you know, the, the, the church and how we want to, uh, in the next couple of weeks, um, take up an offering to, to provide funds to start to build a legacy for our church. Part of that is that um, uh, here locally, not just across all our churches, but he shared what we're kind of going to be doing briefly across all of our churches. But for us here today, I wanted to share a little bit more about that, but um, just what we, what what I can see, God wants us to do here locally in the local area, and uh, you know, as we as we give and 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 participate in that giving, um, you know, what that money will be used for, um, and how that will be used. So, um, but today I also wanted to I take the opportunity to share a little bit about the the kind of church that I see, the kind of church I feel like. God wants us to be, and uh, and you know how that un- unfolds, I guess, and what that looks like. So, so if you've got your Bibles with you today, I want you to come with me to John chapter ten, verse ten. And God's been talking to me about this for a little while now, especially since I was in Brisbane recently, a few well, a few weeks ago now, um, in our national conference, and uh, Pastor Lars, who oversees our Australian churches shared a message um, which really just resonated with me as a pastor and where I feel like we are and what God wants us to be as a church. But I want to talk to you about being a life-giving church because I believe that God wants us to be a church that brings life into areas where there is no life. Um, and, and I believe we need to be a life-giving church that is within reach of everybody in the, in, in the neighbourhood. Um, in, in, in the community, that people would know our church as a church that has life. And when they come, they encounter life. And when we encounter them outside of the church, they encounter life. And that life giving is part of who we are as a church. And I truly believe God wants us to be a church like that. <clears throat> so uh, so in, um, in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10, it says, and, we, and look, people know, most of us would know this verse quite well, not all of us, but most of us would, would have heard it before. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I have come, says Jesus, that they may have life and have it to the full. I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. See, to be a life-giving church, you have to be a church full of life-giving people. And we have to realise that when we have Christ in us, we have life in us. That when people encounter us, they don't just encounter uh, religion. They don't just encounter, you know, a good person. They encounter the life of Christ that lives on the inside of us. And I believe that God wants us to be a life-giving church in this community. I believe that God wants us to reach this community for His kingdom. I believe God has put us here for a reason, on purpose, to be here for such a time as this for the community surrounding this space. I believe that the streets behind us have got people that need to find Christ in their world. They need life where there is no life. I believe God is a God that brings life to those things that have no life. And so um, 
I believe that God's church should be exactly the same. Wherever the church is, it should be full of life. It should be encountering transformation. It should be encountering the kingdom of God. And I believe that that's where God wants us to be. And when we talk about legacy and, and giving towards something for the future of the church and for, for the now of the church and for the reaching the community, and, and there's a, a few things we want to do I'll share a little bit later. But, but when I talk about that, I want us to think about this idea that, that we're part of something that is extremely important in the community. What we do matters. And you go, oh, but we're only a little church and we don't see many people come. And so what? I've never liked that term, little church. We're just the church, you know? We're just the church. And, and yeah, there might not be many people, but we're just the church. But we're doing what God has called us to do. He's asked us to come together. He's called us together as a group. And, and, and there's a purpose behind that. And it's very important, that purpose. And, and it matters. Who you are matters to God, but it matters to the community around you as well. The people that you're connected to, you matter. Like you actually are valuable in the kingdom. God looks at you and he goes, oh, I put you there for a purpose because you matter. You have value to God and you have value to the community. And, and so we, we just, when we're thinking about, you know, because, you know, we're talking about money. Yes, we are. And, and, and of course, but we, you know, we don't talk about money a lot in our church. We're not a church that talks a lot about it. Once a year, we do a, we're going to be doing a series on money. We did it this year, went for about three weeks, and then we'll do a legacy series, and we'll probably do that every year. And, and that's pretty much as much as we talk about money. We don't talk a lot about money. But, um, but, but I do want to encourage you, and this is about a financial gift to the church to be able to do something to expand its footprint, to, to have a legacy and to start building something that... 50 years from now, we'll still be here in this community, reaching the community that is here, the people that are here in the lower blue mountains. So, um, so I want us to think about that, and so th that you are a part of something that is much bigger than yourself and is important and it matters. And, and the very fact that we meet here matters. And even though people don't know it yet in the community 100% that we're here, they will know and it will matter to them because we matter. The church matters. I don't care how much the world tells you the church is irrelevant, the church is this and the church is that. And No, no, the church matters. It's important. Why? Because it is a gateway to heaven, the Bible says. That is a gateway to heaven. Are you laughing? <laughs> I saw him trying to cover up the laugh. Sorry. I called you out, didn't I? Damn. Shouldn't laugh in church? Yes, you should. You should laugh all the time in church because church should... Be fun. Actually, if you've ever gone anywhere with Josh for an extended period of time, you actually start losing weight because you're laughing so much all the time. Because <laughs> he can do the best impersonations and, and voices and yeah, it's awesome. I really, I, I've gone, we're taking a trip to Townsville. My brother's here again too, actually. Um, Andrew and my other brother's next to him. But... Um, <laughs> I've got more than one brother in the room. <laughs> but uh, we, go to, we gone, went to Townsville last year and Josh came with us. And I loved it that much. I've said to Josh, you've got to come again. Because <laughs> he's just the life of the party. Where was I even saying? I don't know what I'm doing. God wants us to be life-giving churches. 
So what is a life-giving church? I believe a life-giving church is visible and it's seen. One of the things God really put on my heart over the last few, probably the last 12 months, how long have we been praying out at Blacksland? About 12 months? We're getting close, wouldn't it? Well, it would be because we come back from Townsville and started doing it, I think. So about 12 months ago, I went to Townsville to Angie's church. And while we were in Townsville, we, um, we went up and we did a prayer meeting. Remember we did the prayer meeting up on the top of uh, was it? Castle Hill? And it was outdoors and there was people, tourists coming up and people coming up. And here we are as a group praying up the top. And uh, it just had a profound impact on my heart. Like, this is what the church should be doing. We should be outside the walls of the building. And at that time, like we came back and that was a great time, but we came back and started talking to my prayer team that I meet with on Mondays. I have a, a personal prayer team that I meet with with a few guys from the church. And, uh, you know, they pray for me and Em and whatever else. And I said, oh, I just feel like we should, like we need to do a church prayer meeting because we weren't really doing a church prayer meeting. And, um, but it was in the middle of that time where COVID, we'd come back from COVID, we didn't have a building. And a lot of us remember we moved to Blacksland and Warramu and here and there and back in the house and all that kind of stuff before we landed here. And so I'm like, where do we, where do, we do this prayer meeting? Like, and so we thought, well, why don't we just do it in the middle of Blacksland? And that's what we did. And, and so we went out in the middle of Blacksland. Some of us have been in the prayer meeting and, and we just started praying in the, in the courtyard right near the real estate there. Um, was it Chapman's? Chapman's Real Estate. Um, where the bridge comes over and you come down the stairs to that courtyard. And when we got there, the, the courtyard was like horrible, wasn't it? It was just disgusting. The trees were all grown over. There was rubbish everywhere. It was all. And we just started praying week after week, uh, month after month after month for about 12 months now. And when you go there, you see a noticeable difference in that area. Like you're literally, the place is like completely different. The trees are cut back. The shops are being renovated and painted and new shop owners are moving in. And, and there's just this whole different vibe, a whole different feel in the area. And, uh, and, and I, you know, I thought, you know, that, that is the power of a praying church, of a life-giving church that came into an environment. We came into an environment that was horrible. We had, you know, schizophrenic guy going off at us and telling us to whatever else. And it was challenging, right? But we held our ground and we stood our ground. And, and I feel like we won a space as a church because we we're willing to be visible and seen. We we're willing to bring life to an area. And I've got a, a pastor, a friend of mine, who um, runs Resurrection Network. His name's Ryan. And um, they're like a small group network that meets in the mountains um, of churches or little churches. And, and he said, like, he's been there for a long time believing you know, that God would do something in this area and that there was a lot of just really dark feeling there and there's a lot of troubled people that come to that space. And, and uh, anyway, so he come join us in the prayer meeting and then the pastor from uh, the Sanctuary Church, she came and joined us from the prayer meeting. Then we had this prayer lady from Glenbrook Baptist that came and joined us and then we had one from Church of Christ and we just got all these people and it's just starting to gather greater than ourselves. Um, but, but I found it's because we were willing to take a step of faith and go, well, we're just going to get outside the walls. We're going to be a church that isn't dependent. And I really believe that God put us in a position through that end of COVID season to pry us out of a building 
out of our comfort zone, out of our space to say, I want you outside the walls. And so ever since then, I've just been looking for more and more opportunities for us as a church to get involved outside the walls, whether it be we do our own thing or we partner with someone else. And uh, some of that you'll hear in a, uh, shortly about just some things we can do and we are going to do this year that will push us outside our walls and, 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 and bring us out into the open as a church. Because I believe a life-giving church is seen and it's visible. Uh, Matthew 5, 14 to 16 in the Message Bible. How'd you go with that, Zeke? Did you get that? Yeah. It says this, here's another way to put it. You're here to be a light. Bring out the God colours. How awesome is that in the world? I love that. That's just such a cool little little uh, statement. Bring out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. I like that. We're going public with this. We're getting outside the walls. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket. Don't be a bucket Christian. You see those guys that go to the cricket and they've got the KFC buckets on? You don't want to be that kind of Christian, right? You don't want to be like that. Do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand shine. Keep open, ha- keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be open uh, by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven, completing God's law. I just, I just love that statement. We're going public. We're going public. About, you know, just like stripping away all the arguments, reasons, excuses, problems that we have with sharing our faith and realising it's just about being who you are in public. If you go into public and you have Christ in you, then you have Jesus with you. When people encounter you, they encounter Christ. When people encounter you, they encounter Jesus. Why? Because you have Christ living on the inside of you. If you've received him into your life, then you are a life-giving person. And I love that, you know, just we're going public. We're a light to the world. We're a city on a hill. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. You know, when we drive out to Oberon, we have a family cabin at Oberon and we were out there recently, just the other day, last, last week, I think it was. And um, you drive out there and you, as you're driving out, there's this house that's right out on the edge of this hill and you can't miss it. It's like, it's there. You can't miss it. It's right. Every time you drive there, I just always love looking at this house going, oh, I would love to own that house. It's literally a house on a hill. Like, and it looks out over the valley, like this massive valley. And I just get that image of like, that's what the church should be like. You should be a city on a hill. Your life should be a city on a hill. You should be shining light for Christ. You should be, should be who you have called to be. I'm not saying put on, on a facade or, or trying to be someone you're not. Just be who God's called you to be in the world, unashamedly. I, I don't get ashamed about being a Christian. I've met pastors they, and they go, oh, I go out and I'll talk to people and they'll go, oh, what do you do? And they'll go, oh, I'm a, I'm a motivational speaker, they'll say. A motivational speaker. Oh, yeah, what's that? And, and, and they'll, these guys will talk about how, well, we try not to say that I'm a pastor straight away. 
I was like, what is that? Someone says to me, oh, what do you do? I said, oh, I'm a pastor who runs a business. Some people go, I run a business and I'm a pastor. <laughs> but I just don't care why, because I know what I do matters. I know as a Christian it matters. People need to see Christ. The only way they're going to see him is if we pull off the shade, pull off your bucket head. Come on, some people want to cut holes in the bucket so they can see where they're going, but they don't want to take the bucket off. A life-giving church is a church that is seen and is visible. A life-giving church is felt and it's known. It's felt and it's known. What do I mean by it's felt? It carries power, felt power. Just like with this courtyard in Blacksland, what we're doing there has evidence. Something's changed in that space. Something's different than what it was like. It used to be dark, dingy, horrible. You thought you'd get mugged just by walking through there in the middle of the day. Now you can walk there in the middle of the night and it's bright and open and light everywhere and you don't feel like you're scared anymore. Why? Because something has happened in the place where we pray. And so there is a felt power, there is a felt change, there is a felt and uh, difference in that space. The other thing I'm working on, I know in my own life, but for us as a church as well, I've been meeting with local pastors. We have breakfast together twice a week. We have coffee together and we, one week we gather together in the month and we pray together and we pray for our churches. We pray for the pastors in our area. The other, the other time we meet together, we just have coffee and chat and whatever else. But I'm trying, what I'm feeling to do is to, to, to be known in the, in the, in the community. So we, we wouldn't be a church that's just closed off. There nobody who knows who we are and they've never met the pastors of the church and have never met people from that church. But, but, but we're building a, a, a connections and relationships in, in, the, in, in the community with the other pastors of the church. And we're starting to get to know other people outside of the group of pastors, like the guys who run Fusion in the mountains and, and, and you know, the guys that do all these different things that I'd never met before. And it was like, wow, there are some really good people up here. You know, part of it was my own fault. I just couldn't be bothered. I didn't want to get connected. But now I'm like, no, we need to be visible. We need to be seen. We need to be felt. We need to be known. Do people know that you're a Christian? Do they know? Sorry, sneeze. <laughs> Someone blessed me before I sneezed. That's awesome. <laughs> But do, you, this, do people know? Do they know you? You know, this, this verse says about, you know, opening your life up to people. See, that's evangelism. We go, oh, no, you've got to go do an evangelism course and you've got to have a platform and you've got to preach the gospel and then you've got to call people. No, no, evangelism is saying, hey, Kieran, how are you going? We've never, you know, let's build relationship, get to know me. And as he gets to know me, he gets to know Jesus. Right? That's what, that's what it is. You don't have to be some kind of fascinating preacher or orator of the word. You just need to be you and not be afraid to be you. Right? So a life-giving church is felt and it's known. The day of Acts, the church was felt, it become known. 
right? In Acts 2, the power of the Holy Spirit comes into the church. Everything changes. We have that Holy Spirit. Everything changes. The third thing is a life-giving church is a place of life. Stupid comment, I guess, but but I was thinking in worship here. I'm like, life giving churches are they're known because they've got life in them, and and God is a God that brings dead things back to life. In John two one, it says that God brings dead things back to life, and He gives Christ the power to do the same. Life giving churches, are churches that have life. They're a place of life. They're visible. They're seen. You know why we, well, we haven't been doing it the last few weeks because it's too cold, but we're going to do it as soon as we can is get back outside. Why? Because I want to be seen. I want to be visible. I want to show that there's life in a space where there was no life. This space actually used to be closed every Sunday afternoon. They open in, they have a service in the morning, but Sunday afternoon is like a ghost town. No one's here. And I'm like, God brought us in to have this, be in this space. And now always someone's here. Every week we're here. And, and you see people look driving past. And it's like we're monkeys in a cage. Because they're, what's going on? Something going on there. There's nothing going on there before. But that's what a life-giving church is. A life-giving church has life because it has Christ. But not just because it has Christ, but because the people of the church, which is really what the church is, it's not a building, it's a people. It's the ecclesia, the Bible says. The people of God. Take that life beyond its walls. And that's what I believe God wants us to do. So a few things, let me share a couple of things that I would like to see us do. If we can raise enough money, I don't know how much we need, but we'll just work with whatever comes in. It doesn't, it's not an issue. But for Legacy this year, Em and I have been chatting and we've got a real heart and I talked to the guys here that own this building, the uh, Uniting Church, and asked them permission to use their facilities on a Friday night once a month as of spring. And we're going to do some kind of uh, community, I don't know what to call it, community eats or community, it's like, yeah, it'll be an outreach focused at young families, lots of fun, free food, and, um, and just start to try and open up some space to the community to come and have fun. The kids can have fun. Part of what we'll do with that is gather the kids and start to build some kind of kids, youth kind of thing going on. Um, and then it was funny because I was only just talking to Pastor Dan on Friday morning about, you know, how we could reach the school across the road. And, uh, and I said, oh, it'd be great if we could do like a Morning crew, we used to do this thing called morning crew in Penrith High School many years ago when I was a youth pastor. Josh and Jess used to come and Andy used to come and, and, uh, and we'd feed the students every once, I don't know, it was once a fortnight or once a month or, no, I remember we'd cook pancakes. We had a group of like 15 people come in with me and we'd just feed them pancakes and invite them along to youth and all that kind of stuff on a Friday night. And so then Josh rings me, I mean, probably 30 minutes after I get out of a meeting with my boss, Pastor Dan, and says, you know what we should do? 
we should do a morning crew in that school <laughs> and we should feed the kids and we should share, like, you know, meet needs in the school, you know. And I'm like, okay, God's on this. This is something we should do. So that's something we're going to look at, engaging the school. We don't have any contacts in the school at the moment. We don't know anyone that has kids. I don't know anyone that has kids there. Um, but we're going to look at trying to engage the principal in the school and see whether there's a need there that we can meet. We're thinking about things like doing back-to-school packs for families that are in need. So we buy backpacks for the kids and fill them up with school product, like whatever the school says they need. And then we can, with the school, we'll partner with the school, we'll probably, you know, probably control a lot of it because that's their people, but that's okay. And we'll provide these packs to the kids that need them so that they can have brand new stuff like every other kid in school. Um, so we want to do that. This year, we have, I've, committed to us, I've committed us as a church without asking your permission to a combined Christmas carols event up at Summer Hayes Park. And uh, you are. <laughs> no, no, I, I was stupid enough to get pointed out that I'm actually going to be preaching at it. So, well, short, short message. But um, they have asked me to speak at and share the gospel. And I thought, well, if I'm going to do that, you're coming as well. <laughs> well, you could watch and laugh, or you could be my illustration on the night. <laughs> but we're going to do that. Part of the money, $500 of that will go towards being a part of that to help fund. Um, there's a lot. Yeah, you know, last year they did it. They expected to have 500 people. They ended up with 1,700 people turn up. And they're expecting anywhere up to 3,000 this year. So they're really planning for a, a great event. And so we're just, you know, we're going to um, commit to being a part of that and just do what we can. I haven't committed us too much, don't worry. Basically, yeah, we might be there. We might come. But no, I just said, yeah, look, we'll be a part of it. I've met with the guys. We've started planning. And uh, that's going to be pretty cool. Um, the other thing I've done is I've chatted to the Uniting Church here and talk to them about how we can help them upgrade their building. Um, whether it be maybe painting this space or the kids' space or um, providing, they've got a list of things they want to do that they don't have the money to do. Um, so I had a good conversation with them. I said, look, we want to help you. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> knocked out rebuild. <laughs> oh, so good, so good. No. <laughs> this part, this, this whole part of it. Yeah. No, it's not that. Um, but I thought, well, why we're here, let's be a blessing, right? I have a real thing in my heart that wherever we are as a church, and we've always done this since I've been around, we leave the place better than what it was when we found it. <clears throat> Um, and so, you know, like in a church like this, where there's a lot of retirees in the morning and they don't have, a, you know, some of them are quite old, they don't have the ability to do it. We could easily come in and wax and paint the wall for them and, I don't know, do whatever. <laughs> so uh, we're going to look at that and they've actually gone to talk to their elders, their board of elders, and are going to come back to me pretty soon, hopefully. Um, with an answer to that. And, uh, and, you know, what we can do will be determined by, I guess, how much money we have. But because we're not going to spend everything on that, we want to reach the community. And a lot of what I want to do this year and next year is, is, is build into the community and, uh, and do that. So there's just a few things that we're talking about doing um, and that we want to do. Um, so that's just putting it out there so you know that if you give, that, that the money's going to go towards these things.
And, uh, you know, the money's not going to get swallowed up in some black hole where it just disappears. And the past ends up on a cruise in the Caribbean. <laughs> it's not going to be like that. Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, enjoy it because you won't have a job anymore, Dave. You'll be sacked and then you'll go to the cop. You'll go to jail for stealing all the money. No, I'm not going to do that. The money will not be, it'll be, you will, the beauty of it is, is I want to do things that we can see. Whether it be at our outreach and things like that, or if it is to paint something or do something for this church building, um, but it'll be visible and seen and we'll see where the money's going. That's what I feel like God wants us to do. Um, so that being said, that's kind of um, where we're at. Is that good? Yeah. yeah? So when you're praying, just pray about, ask God, what is it you want me to do? What is it you want me to do? Can I have the musicians come? What is it, how much is it you want me to give, Lord? Uh, I am definitely not going to put a figure on it for you because it's not my job to do that. It's not about me telling you how much you should do. You may go, I can't give this year. That's fine. doesn't matter. It's all good. Maybe you could do something else like come and serve at one of the community events or you could push a roller up a wall. That's pretty fun, especially with all this wall space. <laughs> yeah, we'd like to spend more money in the kids' ministry too and start to see that come together. Last year we had money given to work towards being able to employ a kids' worker and, you know, one day we'll get there. But um, I think if we just keep chipping away at it, we just keep doing what we can do, right? will do what only God can do. And so that's all we're asking. It's to be generous, sacrificial, and do what you can do. What's in your hand? What, what, what have you got? I would say if you're going to give into this, don't go into debt. Don't use a credit card. Actually, if you use a credit card, I'll probably take it off you and slap you with it because that's not your money anyway. That's the bank's money. Just give out of what you can. Be generous. Ask God, you know, Pastor Dan said last week, pray and obey. Pray and obey. Pretty simple. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.